3: Tales from the Loop. Episode 7, Enemies, is over. But here I'm a recap here just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. I'm here with my two friends who have come back after uh, leaving me alone on an island. First, it's DM Philly. Philly, how you doing?
4: I'm good. Uh, I need an extra arm, but I'm doing good.
3: <laughs> That's good. And of course, uh, not alone. Ariel's here as well. Ariel, how are you doing?
5: I'm good. I, I feel bad for Rich and his arm situation. This is a happens. Nice.
3: You get a cool new, you get a cool new, uh, cool new arm. So yeah, I'm much
5: side. Yeah.
4: yeah, you'd be Luke Skywalker. You know I love it. I'm nothing no. wrong with a mechanical arm. I'll take I'm, it. I'll, I'll, I'll stand with young Luke.
3: I'm a little sad that we actually do get full explanation for why. George I know. I felt
4: bad. We <laughs> talked about it last week. I think we closed um, out the last episode with you noting that you really didn't want to get the George
1: Armstrong. I want <laughs> it to be Waller.
3: I want it to be the same as Waller's eye and arm. So. Yeah, but alas. Um. All right, enemies. We're almost done here. This is the penultimate episode of Tales from the Loop. Um. And uh. And we're gonna recap it here. We'll be back next week with the finale. Um. Still, make sure you're subscribed because you never know where we're gonna pop up. Uh. Pop up next. Um. As we travel around watching various sorts of TV shows and movies. Um. So pushrecaps.com/dark is the feed, or you can search uh, push Your recaps and dark in the podcaster app of choice, or you can go to pushrecaps.com/slash subscribe. It should be there as well um so the penultimate episode uh as i said last week this episode by uh directed by Ty West
4: um rich it was pretty spooky scary Uh, It's a full-on horror episode. Yeah. We took a hard turn. We're dealing with monsters and scary, frightening things. Uh, It struck me. I think, like, tonally, it stands apart from the rest of the season in a pretty strong way. I love the material. I know that, you know, we've been talking about it the whole way through, that so much of this show is based in these kind of character dramas. And we're really interrogating the people, less so than the technology. But um, I love an AI story. I thought it was really fun. And I thought it was an interesting approach for us to, like, get a little bit bit of insight into george and where he comes from as a person and deal with some weird loop craziness but definitely a scary one
3: yeah i thought and in addition to george it's also there's a fair bit about like russ and what he's doing um Mm -hmm. as like we get uh we get jonathan price back on the show uh for a bit ariel what'd you make of this episode
5: yeah i kind of thought that the george was like the the Waller's arm of the show in the sense of we were just never really going to get much about him, period. And, uh, you know, I should have known there would probably be an episode. So that's on me. But I I really liked the episode. I thought it was so fun to watch. And, like, I think we got some beats that we hadn't gotten before. Yeah, there was a sci-fi stuff, but there was a horror stuff also. And it was just... I was, like, glued to my... TV slash laptop computer when I had to switch over.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I really like this one. I think this one stands out to me as like hitting as I think as good as some of the beginning of the show. I definitely think in retrospect we we sort of like end up being in a little bit of a a lull um throughout the the middle course of, of the season after what I think are like some really strong basically I think the first three or four are particularly strong. And I feel like this is this is good. I really like the choice to flashback um to george's childhood and sort of keep that like coming of age theme but with a character we know but you know at a different point in his life and how that sort of shapes him um as as an as an adult um and some of the the way he navigates the world as a as a grown as a grown man so i i really liked that choice of the flashbackness because i think for me where the show has hit the most is you know in those images they're not all kids, Rich, um, uh, Hogs images, but so many of them. And I think the ones that really resonate with me are. And so I think it was a smart choice to like, yeah, we can we can talk about George, but we're going to basically spend most half of the episode uh, with him as a kid.
4: Yeah, I think it's brilliant. You talk about the coming of age theme and how many of the Steinhag still works or have children in them. And I think that part of it is that he's a guy like of my age. He grew up in the 80s. He's one of these like old millennials, basically. And there's something about what he's drawing. It's the 80s that never was, right? This kind of speculative history, but it's a very recent history and it's contemporary. And I think that it's inherently kind of fused with imagination. And that's part of the reason that this guy's still image of created tabletop role playing games he's he's published a couple of books you have now the series like it inspires people it ignites the imagination when you look at this guy's art and i think that that tracks with the aspect of growing up of being a kid that like charlie brown dynamic of like the adults are never really going to get it to a degree you know um i think that's like firmly rooted in the world of the loop and i i loved revisiting george in this way and especially the fact that we kind of obfuscate that it's george for a while right yeah Um, i think it's a really really cleverly designed episode i'm glad you both like it because i came away from this one wondering oh my gosh this one stands so much apart from the Mm -hmm. first six episodes i wonder Mm -hmm. if you guys would feel down on it or disappointed that we've like taken a
5: deviation i was down when it ended i was like no oh yeah
3: and it's George. I don't know that we like, we all love George, but like, I did no, I think it was, I think it was good. So let me give a quick plot recap here of episode seven. and Then we'll, we'll chat about, uh, whatever we want to. Um, so, um, we meet small George. We don't know it's him. Uh, and he's hanging out with his friends, working on a the radio. They go to the movies and they're playing in the woods and they talk about an old story of a monster from the loop who lives on an island. They take a boat across, and George's two friends leave George on the island as a prank. He is bitten by a snake in the arm, and he meets the robot monster from the story, uh, but he is ultimately rescued. But when he returns home, his arm is amputated and replaced with a robotic arm. We flash forward to the future where uh, George talks to his mother who tells him the monster was a creation of his father, Russ, um, and that it was not put there for the protection of the citizens of the town, but instead safety for the monster itself. At the end of the episode, George returns to the island to see the robot again, where they seem to recognize each other. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just I, I do like it. This is another one where I feel like, you know, I think this one is one where the tech is like the tech isn't quite as maybe um like it doesn't have as much implication for for like the world as much as other episodes do where even though the tech is minimal it's like oh my god they're like totally freezing time for like you know uh for for forever right um but i think that the idea of this i mean this is so like the ai-ness thing is like especially um you know, AI has become a, a huge topic of conversation in our present day. I don't think necessarily for the same reasons, but, but this is such a common thing of like, um, you know, whether or not you should build AI, this is like, this is like Westworld and literally the movie AI and all of these movies that are like, when does AI start to have consciousness? Right. And so this idea that um, George is left on the island, but also that this monster is left on the island, not because, um, because it's, a dangerous creature for humans, but that uh, that's the safest place for it to just like live and hang out and not be basically destroyed or attacked um, uh, by humans, I think is like really fun. And so that dynamic between George, who's like left alone um, and is uh, then going to become someone who's like, you know, different he's, he becomes somebody who doesn't, he um, you know, he has his arm amputated um, and the ostracization that he's already, has before that happens um being paralleled with the monster i thought was really effective rich
4: yeah, it's really great. I mean, there's the whole dynamic here where it's ultimately his sibling in a sense, right? These are the right. children of Russ and the, he is this only child. His father's gone. He's got this like kind of gaping hole. It was not the tightest of relationships, as we know, right? Um, like if Russ was a man who worked a lot and didn't really invest a hell of a lot in, in the bond that he had with this son. And so this notion of coming back at the end, uh, the way that, you know, there's so much kind of mirrored between them. The, the foreshadowing, I think, is excellent of the kids like throw the snake and it hits George's arm and it falls off and then he's out there and then it will be a snake that bites him off and then he takes the robot's arm off and the exchange of the arm at the end I think is really poignant and insightful. Um, I feel you in terms of the like potential of the technology. It doesn't feel as impactful certainly as we're revisiting this series in 2023 and there are AI bots everywhere. AI has become like ubiquitous enough to have um, kind of saturated the consumer markets at this point. It's no longer something that is preserved for the kind of elite big brains at Google as they're building out their AI system. So it's a really interesting dynamic because I think that, you know, the robot in a sense, it has no voice, right? It's like robbed of this voice. It's only ability to communicate is seemingly in this like very frightening kind of terrifying scream. I bet you could do a good impression
3: of it, Rich. I feel like uh, you do th- a similar voice a lot, in your oh yes, monsters. Yeah, I mean, you I do. definitely. I, won't, do. I I won't curse people's ears with it, but I. If you listen to some uh, twitch.tv slash DM Philly, you'll. you'll hear do. That. I do yeah.
4: make a lot of horrible whale. Preaching noises, yeah.
5: much mm-hmm. akin to this robot Ariel. Uh, this is what I'm known for. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have I have heard some for myself, and it's it's pretty scary. Uh, <laughs> scary good, but yeah. To the point about the the technology not, you know, not kind of affecting the story in the same way. I I was certainly looking for it or, you know, or some of the, you know, sci-fi aspects. I was like, oh my God, he's the guy on the island. He's the monster. Like I kept looking for the thing, the twist. um, And the twist was really that it was in the past. So I guess that is a twist, but I kept waiting for like the more tales from the loopy thing, but I think in in a good way that that surprised me that it was sent there it was more about like people's relationship with technology and like how we feel about you know our emotional reactions and the way we confront things that are different from us and all that and so it was the stand-in for what would have been like uh different in a different episode but i thought it was super emotionally effective and the getting his you know his connection to the this monster quote unquote and also like how how it has affected his relationship with his family and his son who's like curious and obviously doesn't want to talk about it or whatever lie he told about it it's uh it's it's a little it's a little melancholy in a way that i enjoy I do think there's definitely that note of the
4: othering that happens with George once he loses his arm. Right. And like, it's a thing. It becomes a thing that makes him different. And yeah, he's watching the bit. boy
3: in the theater. Um, right. Which is kind of like it's you kind of can think it's like in there for no reason. But he's basically seeing a boy with Down syndrome and, and seeing that, like, yeah, it's another way that people are othered in society.
4: I, I think it's really poignant, you know, in terms of uh, the fact that he develops this empathy at the end. And I think there's a really interesting commentary about bad parenting happening here, too, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that, like, Russ has kind of, like, failed his son in a way, and and, and George is compartmentalizing in a certain way, like, carrying that on with his kids. But then We Russ know this is the time
3: where he's not around, right? Yeah. This is like, exactly, yeah.
4: It is, so, right? Yeah. And Russ ultimately, like, invests himself in creating this AI child, this Pinocchio of his own, that then, like, like his means of protecting it is to like just put it on a boat and send it into the middle of some like lake in Ohio presumably. It's basically
3: the same way that he did. But his kid, right? He he acknowledges that like he was not around. He just like focused on work. So he's kind of like left George on an island to himself emotionally. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like to a sense I was gonna I was gonna say that I feel like some of the ideas. It's kind of interesting how some of the AI-ness, the stories that have historically been told about AI actually feel quite a bit dated. Although, uh, Ariel, you and I, we watched The Creator uh, a few weeks ago. And that, I feel like, also has this, like, uh, it's similar, right? It's like humanizing artificial intelligence uh, Mm -hmm. uh, to a degree. That's, like, pretty much the thesis of of that story. And yet, I do feel like part of the thing about AI that's happening in our world right now is not, like, Oh, my God, we have to like take care of it and like make sure it's not like you know, oh, it also has sentience and 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 it's you know, we're gonna humanize it. It's like, oh my God, all the information it's spewing out might not be actually <laughs> good good information to spew out. Like I wonder if at some point we will get this switch into like I, I don't know, can you think of anything other other media that like the AI story is not like um, oh my God, we need to protect AI or like to the point where like, if we create AI, AI it will destroy us. Um, I feel like it's more like the stuff we're seeing with like chat GPT is like, well, yeah, it's take, it's also taking all of our biases and all of our you know, stuff. So, and it's just like spewing out wrong information until it will get better. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, um, we're, it's interesting. We're, this is, we're not that far removed from Tales from the Loop. And yet I feel like it's, it's AI
4: has come a long
3: way since Tales from the Loop.
4: I don't know if that's true. Oh, I I mean I just was going to say I think that you know we're on the bleeding edge of like the AI indoctrinating society in a in a really like systemic way, right? It's available to all of us. It's become available to the common consumer around the world. And so we're uh we're focusing I think on like the ways in which it's feeding into like uh the 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 onslaught of dystopian capitalism, late stage capitalism rather than the actual terrifying terminator style like end of the world Uh, apocalyptic kind of like robot wars that we're going to get foundation style right i think like give it 10 years and we'll be worrying no longer about its incompetence but its hyper competence right Uh, that's my take on the AI. yeah
3: um yeah so i uh the thing i i think it's uh i i do like the choice to not let us know uh, it, it's George um, until and it's a funny because so many of us, like I said last week, that I almost never want the explanation for the arm. But I think that to never tell us and then use it as this way to almost like a twist within the show of like it's when his arm gets amputated that we're then going to realize like, oh, my God, that's that's George. Um, I think it's like a really clever writing technique from the show. I know all of these episodes are written by Nathaniel Halpern, um, but I was really impressed with that in, in particular to basically just kind sort of like drop us in the world. And then because we know things about the world already, i.e., in this example that George has a robotic arm that like, when that happens, you're like, Oh, I thought that was so, f- it's such a fun choice um, that I think uh, really works in the anthology lens of 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 the show i think uh to a degree i don't know what do you think rich
4: yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I thought it was a great reveal. There's the point on the island where the kids are, like, kind of yelling for him, and they do say his name, but it's very dim, right? You right. can't really hear it. They're kind of calling George, George. And, like, are we really thinking about George? <laughs>
1: no,
5: Ariel. Well, they haven't done this, right? They haven't flashed. George, right? I they have haven't... my subtitles on, and I caught yeah. that, and even I, in the moment, didn't even put that together. But they haven't flashed
3: back, right? They've only flashed forward am i right in Thanks.
4: that well we got loretta as a oh, kid yeah. too
5: right we moved oh but that's
3: time
4: bit. travel that's not
3: yeah but i don't think
5: there was like the traditional yeah. flashback like it's used yeah. here before so i think that's you know another way that the show is like pulling the that trick on you that's very effective because we
4: open in the flashback and like linger there right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the same technique that we used with loretta with the time travel
3: well it's interesting that the two people they use it are end up being married right Mm -hmm. and i feel like we've talked about both of them as parents i think that uh, i did see a very funny comment on reddit that's like the fact that george was left alone on an island and got his arm bitten off it is wild that he lets cole like just like hang out in the woods (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very funny yeah. yeah but um you know loretta was seen as somebody who early right like when she has this conversation with young loretta it's like um it's like oh that's how you seem too, right like you're like you don't want to be a mom right and so there's this idea that like maybe she hasn't been, or that's uh cole says that to young loretta Says so like that's how my mom feels too sometimes so right from her own son this feeling like she's maybe not the greatest mom or or the most attentive or maybe has just has other things going on and george to a degree like he does go to check in i think on uh i think it's fake danny at that point right or mm-hmm. fake up uh mm-hmm. and he had my one of my favorite lines still from the show is like he's like i don't even want to talk about it he's like i don't want to talk about it either I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like doing my dadly duty um and he we know that like russ was not a great father so this this idea of like um parent i think it's interesting to like flash us back to these two like the people that we get glimpses of of them as children and how um you know everything that's happening in this show leads them to be like who they are you know it's like the choice that they to to then you know in a show that's about coming of age then these are the people who are raising like you're raising cole and and um and jacob uh slash danny so i think it's a, an interesting an interesting choice as to who they use the flashbacks on
5: Yeah, that's true. And it's like in that way, it's like kids raising kids because they're still dealing with their, Mm -hmm. you know, childhood trauma. And and it's it's hard being a parent and having to be emotionally engaged all the time, all the time to your kids, because like every single moment is like potentially world breaking for this child of like, is this my fault? You know, so it's it's a lot of responsibility. And then you add all this other stuff onto it. And it's it's not really great for for the kids. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes,
0: the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible
1: i need to go
0: hang on it is our time kingdom of the planet of the apes now playing only in theaters rated pg-13 some material may be inappropriate for children under 13 lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've
4: gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess haha in my dentist's office No, we've like deep-dived this family too, right? I mean, we're seven episodes in and we've gotten five now circling in on this family between Jacob and Cole and Loretta and now George and ultimately we see the way that it is like you know the 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 apples in the trees right And the trauma carrying forward and the inability of these people to actually um parent their own children better than they were parented is really fascinating and i think it like ties back to dark in a way the whole monster in the lake thing too i felt was like very darkian right like it's not quite his father but it's his father's monster that he left there so it's not like the full circle loop i also had a real question for you guys I think that we're pretty firmly in the LVP camp with Faka uh, in terms of like yeah. Danny and his body snatching. You know? I don't think literally do,
3: anybody can beat him. Uh, but maybe, how do we yeah. feel
4: about these two kids? Are, are just comparing oh. them like not even LVP wise, but like these two kids and what they do to George? Like they're hanging out by the river, they're throwing snakes at their friend, they're playing with the cattle prod. Like this is a little bit. I give them a little bit of boys will be boys for the first pass, but at the point that they abandon their friend on this island seemingly in the middle of like one of the great lakes Ariel. like is this at all acceptable behavior did you guys have friends like this when you were kids? No, i,
5: I want to say no it's hard to like know for sure what people would have been capable of but this is awful stuff and you think it would end like my memory of this kind of thing of like oh we're gonna pull this prank on you is like fairly quickly they you know have to turn back around or whatever you know there's like a it, there's much less time for the trauma to set in and for them to just leave like this is like a danny move right like how do you go to bed and like you've done this horrible thing <laughs> oh right like oh that person's on the island whatever and yes they're kids but like you did this thing to them so it's it's pretty effed up <laughs> they do for just- sure Wow, the do I have an effed up whole... childhood?
3: I don't think it's, to me, it is effed up, but I don't think it's, like, that... Like, it is definitely worse than anything that happened to anybody who I was a kid with. But also, like, mm, it's not that much worse. You know, like, I, I just, honestly, it's the fact that it gets bit by the snake. It's, like...
4: You know, well yeah you don't, i mean the it's snake bad. bite ends up bad but this is the kind of stuff that happens when you abandon a kid on an island over yeah the island
5: <laughs> part is hard for me there's like no way for him to like it's, yeah. a, it's yeah,
1: a big um, lake
4: too you know um i just
3: i guess
5: i'm more in line with like the
3: dark tv show dark where it's like so I I absolutely as a kid was like tied up to a tree not and left alone all night but like so again it's like the show takes it always like one step further than like what actually happens <laughs> to me yeah.
4: yeah I had we uh, listen I was part of a real rambunctious crew when I was a young man and we did a lot of like dumb reckless things that reminded me of this and there's an element of me like growing up in the 80s uh like without the tether to my parents feeling like oh yeah this kind of stuff happens but then I am just like no, I think this is insane. Like, this is the kind of thing that gets kids locked up in juvie if they were to do it nowadays. Like, this is really wild to just leave them out there. I, I, I you know, back to what you're talking about of like that Reddit comment that it's crazy that George lets his kids go out into the world and wander around this way uh, given that he was attacked by a monster. Right? <laughs> I think it's crazier that he's so disconnected from his kids back to that line, Grace, of like, you think I want to ask? I don't really care. After having had this experience as a young person right to be so divorced from the kind of cruelty that children can inflict upon one another the absolute like callousness of their behavior in this moment like there's an element where if you're watching in the know like i'm obviously re-watching right those two kids know exactly what they're doing the second they get george on that boat like they're in the back seat smirking at one another as they drive him out there and it does play to danny in the same way of like you know ultimately jacob is George's son and he trusts his friend and his friend betrays him like grievously and this is exactly the same kind of thing that happened to George as a young man right and that he's so like emotionally divorced from his children that he's not a little bit more the fact that this experience doesn't leave him more attentive to the difficulties of childhood right and and the hardship just forget the supernatural science fiction loop of it all just going to like elementary school high school dealing with all the pressure of that that he like abandons them so emotionally it, like stands out to me the way that these kids behavior mirrors danny i think feels like an important theme that we're exploring in loop you know and
3: then i think sometimes you when you are like you know uh when you have parents who are like inattentive that's like there's like basically i i think a lot of times people either become much like they repeat the behavior yes. or they they exhibit the opposite behavior. I don't know how yes. true. I need like Dr. Amanda to tell me whether that's, you know, it's like how like how false that statement is. Um, but that's what I, I, I feel like often happens. So the idea that he's actually like he thinks he's potentially repeating the behavior of his um, he's trying not to repeat the behavior of his of his father. But he actually doesn't have any of the skills to not repeat it is is i think interesting to to me in terms of like why he maybe um is not as attentive to his children as he thinks he should be right um there's also sometimes the like you know the worst thing that happened to me was like yeah i got my arm bit but like i'm fine you know like you know uh what's the worst that can happen to them i don't know i think it's the the, although he doesn't and even the scary monster he the ultimately the takeaway is like He's like not scared of the, like the, the monster seems fine, right? He like reconciles. He like uh, is empathetic towards the monster. I think that's another thing that I think the show that has been interesting is the way in which it can be tonally dark, but also where it's seeding in like thing like bits of optimism because i do feel like the ending of this episode is very optimistic am i wrong to think george gives his arm does he give his arm to no he does the...
4: he gives his yeah. arm to the robot because he like cattle prodded
5: it and like the guy lost his arm right ariel that like that's what i saw yeah. yeah yeah that was that was my takeaway especially when it ends there um yes he did he did cattle prod him so yeah you know an, an arm for an arm uh the yeah, and the the thing with with young George that that was interesting to me is like we see him in the on the dock before they get on the boat to go to the island. He's eating an apple, and you know he's already bitten into it. And then you know the snake. So like the metaphor is very much there, and like the oh, yeah. that he gets, and and he's tempted, and then the snake does bite him, and he pays he pays this this uh somewhat harrowing price of like losing his arm but thankfully he's he's okay uh so i thought that that was intentional obviously and like they're trying to to see that that metaphor in there which is like a pretty uh analog metaphor if i do say so myself and like a, a very tech kind of show
4: Yeah. No, that's spot on. I think the Frankenstein of it all, too. I mean, I talk about Pinocchio, but it's very much Frankenstein story, right? Of like the monster having empathy. And and I, you know, I just really like the notion at the end that George goes back to his mother and has this reveal where he's like, oh, did he? did he talk to you about this? She's like, why? And George is saying, cause he's gone now. Cause like he can't tell us anything. And the fact that she knows as much as she does and is so sort of casual about the way that she explains like, Oh, it was alive. Like it was like a child to him. He sent it out there to be protected, which again, like he doesn't take it there and leave it. He just puts it in the boat and shoves it out into the lake, which speaks to me um, just of the recklessness of russ as a scientist too right like that's you could go the extra step of like i'm gonna take the boat to the island and leave the robot there but he doesn't there's this element of like it's once it's out of his hands it's out of his hands and that's really interesting or is he a scientist and he's doing
3: an experiment to see how it works
4: well i mean We'll we will get there, I guess. Uh, we got one more episode left, so we'll see where it goes. I just think that it's really interesting, and and the fact that like his mom knows as much as she does like that speaks to me of her being uh, a, like a potential trove of more what else does she know that like russ left with her that seems incidental that is actually of critical importance or could be like a really pivotal discovery or whatever it is it's kind of compelling uh, so here's a question i guess did it occur to you at all or is were you at all left wondering is george a real boy by the end of this is that like oh. a thought that was provoked at all for you guys
3: not at all no uh real boy all the way
5: well, yeah i mean it there was the the moment where the girl writes the note to him like are you a robot and it almost felt like the the episode could have ended there maybe not narratively but kind of uh you know as far as the message that they're trying to send the theme and in that moment i did kind of consider like oh what does it mean to be you know part robot and all that stuff. Um, I literally have a device. A way, but I, 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 I take it, it off.
3: It. I can't. I literally will die. So, uh, mm-hmm. not immediately, but over time, I will die. So, uh,
5: I'm team robot world. All the way. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm really in on this theory that I just now came up with that Russ just created. This was like the evolution of him creating the robots, and it's George. Well, that's
4: what his mom that's says to him. She damn. says, like, Russ knew that whatever he made next, the next one yeah. needed to be more like us, right?
3: Yeah, and no. Th- in that moment, I did family. that.
5: went totally over my head.
3: Me too. Yeah, because we haven't seen any, right? The, everything else we've seen is, like, pretty robot-y right
4: yeah i mean the technology is like overtly retro in its design right that's part of like steilenhog's aesthetic but his mother notes to him that like again this idea of the othering right that part of the deal is like this thing was received poorly because it looks the way it looks it looks like a big robot but he knew whatever he did after this whatever the next version was would have to look more like us and so then i think we go i think that the Mm -hmm. like are you a robot scene has happened already before that but to me it provokes this question of like oh is there is like philosophically that how we're supposed to be approaching George for the rest of the episode like are you even real is that part of what George is asking himself as he ends up going back out there right Um, I don't know it was just a thought that occurred to me but yeah
3: no I mean I don't I, I mean I think you could I mean, I feel like you're a smarter TV viewer than I am uh, for having like, I think that's like completely a fair read that like George might be a robot, which I, I think in the way that this show, like, you know, it's interesting. There's only one more episode to go. Right. And Mm -hmm. everything has been pretty anthology, like everything it's, it's in the same world, but everything's been sort of its own story. And yes, like Cole has been like, sort of like a side character in two episodes because he's in episode one and he's in uh episode four um and so we're dealing with like these and obviously like george in the show but it's it's very separate i'm really intrigued to see how this ends because i think when the show started and there's this idea i'm sorry rich i'm completely going to segment into a a scenario where you have to then at the end say okay hmm, interesting (laughs) because you've you've seen it Mm, um mm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. We'll see. Um. Which is like how this sort of like wraps up. How do you wrap up like an anthology story that does have overarching themes and it's all set in the same universe. And I thought like, I think episode one does toy a lot with the idea that like loop there's more to loop than we know. And I'm really intrigued to see whether or not for, Either any, any number of reasons, like whether or not that gets revealed at, at all, or like what has been revealed to us is basically the idea, like that they're building artificial intelligence robots. They built a machine that can tell you how long you're going to live. They have a machine that like stopped time. They seemingly were like playing with multiverse portals, right? Like all is, is that like, was the implication at the beginning of like what the possibilities of loop are? Is it just that like, okay, now we'll see them over the course of the show and like whether or not and I think I just have like, I know this comes before it, but like severance brain of like um, uh, Loop being being uh, Lumen Industries. Um, although I do feel like still like the shadiness of Rust to a degree, I think has like, keeps that for me on the board, but I'm really interested to see where they go mm-hmm. in a finale. And it could be one that we don't get that answered because that's not the intent of the show or it could be that that's not um, the purpose of season one, presumably that they wondered whether they would get a season two. So I don't know, Ariel, do you have thoughts on like, yeah, we've been so anthology. How do you wrap up a season of TV that has been both anthology and there are things that connect us between each episode?
5: Yeah. And George especially is is somebody who was there at the beginning, although like we already said, kind of hiding on the in the sidelines a little bit. I, the short answer is I don't know, but I, and to your point, the thing about this having been canceled and like, what were the potential implications for like a season two, if it had been successful and how does that impact where you end it? I, I hope I I can just say that I hope that it, even if it doesn't like wrap up things as far as like origins, as far as like explaining some of this loop stuff, which your mileage may vary. If you even need that, I don't think I always need that. But if it's not going to be some of the mythology, I think it. I would hope for like just emotional beats that feel familiar to the whole season. Maybe we're revisiting one story. Maybe we're revisiting you know a lot of stories across vignettes across an episode, whatever it may be. But I, I just um, I hope it it feels as important as some of these other episodes have felt.
4: Uh, I would say that you know without like spoiling anything that's don't spoil later, anything right. I shall not. I shall do my damnedest. Um, there, you know, there's some clear themes that we've explored and there is this idea of, I think this family is central that we've delved into with the Cole and the Jacob. And we are moving kind of chronologically forward to a degree. So even though we're going in all these separate directions, we keep shifting the camera to these more peripheral characters in the maze and the gattises as we go. Um, uh, there is a strong theme, I think to the season. And I'm really excited to be able to talk through the finale with you guys when you scope it out. I think that they very much knew, you know, we got one season to do this thing. They didn't have like hopes or they may have had hopes, I should say, to go forward with it. But there was no expectation of a further run here. So it's not at least truncated in the way that 1899 was for us or something like that. Like we do, we will have some some uh, finality, at least in terms of Hal Perrin's direction of what this one season was supposed to be.
3: Can I say one other, one other thing? I thought was really interesting in the show. That's like not really like central to I think the rest of the themes. But when they talk about whether or not George like why doesn't he get an upgraded arm, and I thought that's really fascinating because I think that that as somebody who lives with, uh, I, I I wear many devices on my. I have a, a continuous glucose monitor and I have an insulin pump, and. Um, I do get annoyed when like there's a new mod. I'm like so used to the thing I have. So Mm -hmm. a good example of this is like the Dexcom G6 is one of the versions of the Dexcom that the one that I've been wearing for probably a couple of years. And the G7 just got announced. And part of the
5: Steve Jobs.
3: Yeah, uh, and so part of the thing is that the G7 is actually a fair bit smaller than the G6 and as somebody who sort of like uses my devices as a little bit of like advocacy, like I do try to like, someone asked me like why I never tuck in the tubing of my insulin pump, like if you ever seen me, it's like hanging out, which does get annoying because sometimes it like uh, there was a meme going around online of like the scariest Halloween costume for a person living with type 1 diabetes who wears an insulin pump is a doorknob um, because you're like, oh, you're, like tubing God. gets caught on it and like pulls out your thing oh, and um and but i for me i do it as a little bit of like advocacy of like it's totally normal to have to be living with diabetes and the hell like, i have to wear this thing and i like when people ask me like i'm i work for a diabetes organization so i like when people ask me questions because then i feel like i can like destigmatize diabetes and i can like answer questions and 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 get rid of misinformation and so this idea that the the device that i would wear on my arm is getting increasingly smaller i keep joking that like when like the g12 is out i'll be like where did i put it on my body again i'm gonna have to like be searching everywhere for this little tiny like minuscule sensor um but i'm like i and, but i am also a type of person who's like yeah okay like whatever like uh i, I believe our good friend Corey b one time was talking about like you know how we all get mad when like the UI changes on a website, and then two oh, weeks later, I hate it. Yeah, but then two weeks later, we're like, I don't even remember what the old UI looked like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as <And laughs> you just move on. I'm kind of like that, where I'm like, ah, fine, I'll do like whatever, I'll do it because like you know, stuff won't be up to date or the support for the previous one will be gone. But I, I just love this notion of like, no, I have what I have, and it and it works for. For me as a little bit of like, I feel like earlier when we had, um, is it Ethan who lives with like a, a disability, like with his mm-hmm. foot, he has he yep. has a, a club foot. Um, I like some of this like disability advocacy that's kind of in here. I feel like it's like really well written and it would go yeah. completely under the radar. But this idea of like, you know, I don't need, you know i don't need the most you know i'm cool with what i have and it works for me and it does what i do i I don't know i just like really liked that notion and there's something in it i think to me of like someone who like doesn't love change i like routine i don't love change so like kind of like can see that in george of like nah then i have to get used to the new one and like maybe it's like a little bit awkward and clunky and they think they're advancing it but actually it's not why wouldn't i keep the thing that i have i don't know i just really liked that
4: piece yeah i mean you're preaching to the choir here right i'm like the old man gray beard of our little like party and again like i somebody from the 80s part of it is i think just aesthetically it's retro tech you know it is this like weird 80s sci-fi where it's supposed to be big and clunky and i love that but i'm like old enough to have seen the iteration of a lot of technologies every new edition of dungeons and dragons grace i'm like losing it i'm apoplectic you know i uh really appreciate technology and innovation but at the same time i think there's a great beat where the technician is going over his old arm and is like this old arm is really a workhorse Oh my gosh, it's put together so good. And you talk about before Ariel, an analog analogy of the apple, the snake and all of it. Like there's something to mechanical technology over digital technology as a guy that like lives and dies by my chainsaw and my tractor. Like, I got 100-year-old tractors that I could go outside, turn the key in the middle of dead winter, that effort starts, that is it, it just starts and it runs and I could beat it into the ground. We're like go get your brand new 2024 fuel injected Mazda Miata whatever it is and like the weather gets weird, an electronical thing goes a sensor, it's a $3000 stop at the like there is something to the planned obsolescence of modern technology, the like constant seeking of the profit margin and like you're using cheaper and cheaper and cheaper metals i was talking to her dear friend taylor ball a couple of days ago and she just got a new car and had to take out a brake light and immediately the screw strips as she puts a screwdriver to it so there's part of me that like loves this notion of like no no i don't want the newest version <laughs> of the arm i want my good 40 year old arm well, I, like, I think it's also in their arm. aerial to
3: also be like, when George does give up his arm, it's like a big, it's deal, a big that deal. He would do it yeah, and, yeah. and give it to the robot.
5: But Right, and like now he's like, alright, fine. I'll get the newer model. Yeah. You know, I have yeah. to because I've given you yours. Rich, when you've been out on your... Uh, your tractor you said yeah Have you ever like encountered like holes in the field or, oh like, yeah you
3: bet man like that? No. Big, they don't need to multiverses they're just very annoying
4: <laughs> Big hole. they're just moles. <laughs> it's out in the outer range the big hole behind yeah. my field yeah yep. Yep. all right
3: let's chat mvp lvp i think the lvp is pretty easy uh here uh rich you you name dropped them before but uh uh george's buddies right gotta be yeah
4: we gotta double whammy lvp these douchebag kids right i think that their names are chris, chris and adam, adam but like yeah. let's double down let's give them each half a point these kids suck man these are not good friends george well if we
3: keep all giving them half a point like if you give them half a point, i'm gonna give them half a point so that's a full point that they each get uh ariel mm-hmm. what about you what are you thinking for lvp
5: Oh, God. So what do I do? Do I split my points and then they each get only one and a half? Or do I concentrate my full point on, on one, one of the... them, the truer evil? One? <laughs> oh, uh, which, one, which one? Is it, it's, is it for, Chris or There's Adam. the evil one. <laughs> I think he's the blonde one. He uh, does
4: seem a little bit more menacing. He really doesn't want to let go of that cattle prod, Ariel. Yeah,
5: yeah he's I, I don't know. Yeah, I think just for math purposes, I'll keep it. I'll keep it easier. All right. Give it to him. The blonde his one, friend, but his um, friend gets an honorable mention. I don't know which
3: one it is, so I'm just gonna. I ask think Adam, Adam the is one. the blonde
5: one, I think okay. Adam is the blonde one, and Chris yeah. is the other one. I think
3: great. Um, all right, MVP here, um. Pardon me was, that robot survived on that island for a very long time all by himself. With, what yeah, his
4: official name is the Vagabond, Nathaniel Halford. No, There's great. Like a little bit of extra wow. section that he does where he talks about George's past. His it's named in the title credits. They talked about having to like spend a lot of time on the face, on the design of the robot. So when know, it looks the reveal, at the end, it looks like friendly and empathetic and like a kind of charitable face. You know, it has a little bit of like a dog muzzle, like it's a pretty cute robot.
3: I could give my MVP to Ty West, who legitimately got me with a jump scare, which is when uh, uh, when when George hears um, the Spanchy screech in the middle of the night. It like fully got me. Uh, I don't get jump scared a lot, and that one that one got me. It's a horrifying noise he makes. I could give it to Ty West, maybe. I'm gonna am gonna do it. There it is. There it is. Something like I, that. Right? I knew yeah. it.
5: I'm upset. I am also giving it to Ty West. I had like a whole explanation ready. I had PowerPoint slides. No, it's, it's, (laughs) I want the (laughs) slideshow. It's, and just like some of the shots have stayed with me. The biggest one being like when he, when Russ sends the robot away, the vagabond away to the island originally, there's a shot of like, the robot is like looking over his shoulders and you see his eyes and they're like that bluish green not e- like very f- kind of friendly looking like mm-hmm. vaguely warm and then it, behind him across the water you see rust but really you just see the light reflected in his glasses in his yeah. eyes. and yeah. there was just something about that that like it almost looked like a comic book panel it was it was really beautiful and there were a lot of shots yeah. like that and the you know a lot of the foreboding that. The, the jump scares, like you said, Grace, some great Thai West stuff here.
4: Yeah, yeah I, he, I think he did a great job uh, framing the episode. I'm with you, Ariel. There was some imagery that I thought was really striking. I love the kids going out in the boat as they're sailing past like this row of buoys that are sort yeah. of in a loop around the, the coastline in a really interesting way. Uh, the shots of like George in the log too. the one that really got me of av- everything in this episode is the ants on his windowsill. The like sound of the clicking mm-hmm. and the clacking of the ants against the glass was
5: like okay. uh, chilling. The the ants on his arm. That's something that I never need to see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't love that. The green pus of like the snake bite wound. I'm going
4: to MVP George, man. This yeah. kid's a little champion. He survived overnight yeah. with the snake bite wound in the middle of a brutal rainstorm hiding from Robo Monster. Like this kid did a pretty good job. He reacted well. He, when he thought he was being attacked, he leapt forward with the cattle prod. He took the robot's arm off. He kept the cattle prod all those years and explained to his son, as you do. No, no, this is for nothing. You can never use it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta give George a little love, man. Like way to survive, way to stay alive through the night, George.
3: You know, I, I, I like it. I'm gonna actually split my points. I'm gonna give half to T West and half to or Ty West and half to George. So.
4: George is sweet. He gives the arm yeah. up at the end. I do really yeah. like the closing. You know, I feel like I haven't talked as much about mm-hmm. the production elements and design, but gosh, I just feel like they do such a great job realizing all the weird technology and the strange stuff of this place and the loop as it was. And I do love that it ends on this optimistic note that, like, George has seemed pretty much like a sad sack the whole way through. And, like, there's a little element of, like, look, now you got family. You got a brother, George. You got a brother out here.
3: I. I think what I like about the show is uh, I I invoked uh, Star Wars earlier and I'll do it again. Is I feel like the show has a has a really does a really good job of balance. And I feel like when the episode is dark, it ends on an optimistic note. And when the episode is like more optimistic or like light, uh, it can like end on a on a, like a truth dark note. Uh, yep. and so I'm interested to see what they choose how they choose to end the show. Uh, my thought is that we end optimistically. I feel like those have been the stronger episodes of when it's like when we're going along and it's been like the tone is dark for most part. And then it's like, but there is light, like, you know, that to me has been like, and that's kind of, I think maybe even like the TV shows I like, uh, like the, the spoiled yep. dark, but I feel like that's dark. Right. Is it, there's so much of like, this place is a festering wound, but maybe there's some good people. You there know? Is I think, yeah. Yep. So, um, I really think that that's strong. interested for next week. All right. Let's rate the episodes. I think I gave episode four a perfect eight. I think I'll do the same for this one. I really, really like this episode a lot. Wow! Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to give it a full eight points. Um, uh, Eight out of eight. Uh, Rich, you have given the episodes. Episode one, a 6.9. Nice. Episode two, 7.5. Three is 6.7. Four is 7.8. That's your highest. Then a six point back to back 6.7s for five and six.
4: I'm going to go with the 7.7. 7. I really, really like this episode, but I don't know that it's necessarily my favorite one. Um, I think it's like really strong. I think that the only things I really have to knock against it is is—is it like feels like it stands apart from the rest of the season in a certain way. But I, and, and in the other sense, like I almost want the rest of the season to like pull into this a little yeah. bit more and be yeah. more like this. I really like this episode.
3: Um, Race, can I then tease though for your because you the highest rating you've given is Echo Sphere, which is a 7.8. Mm-hmm. And you said that this one that we just watched is not your favorite. Is episode four your favorite?
4: I don't I'm know. Basically
3: teasing about whether or
4: not I don't know. That's a good okay. question. You'll okay. have to tune All in right.
3: next week
4: very to good. find
3: out. Listener. very good. Okay. All right, Ariel, you gave episode one a perfect eight, then a six point nine for episode two, six point five for episode three back-to-back 7.7s for four and five and then a tick up for 7.8 in episode six
5: uh yeah oh god okay here we go i feel like it's who wants to be a millionaire i'm down to two i've used i've used my 50 50 and uh you want to phone a friend I'm right here it's either it's either <laughs> seven it's either seven nine or eight oh i'm trying to you remember you could do 7.95 I could, but then what if, okay, here's my only only quandary. Like, if I like this, if I end up liking this more than episode eight, I should have given this a perfect score is kind of how I feel about it. So I won't. We've never
3: done it, but nobody said you can't be like, hey, Grace, could you fix my previous? I know, I know, but
5: still I sha not i don't want to get into that because then the multiverse opens up and it's like oh my i feel
3: God. like 7.95 is a safe it's like you're like so close to me and it leaves you the littlest wiggle room to be like next up and you've already given a perfect episode so it's like you
5: know, right but was this no. as
3: is this um, as good as the premiere in your opinion
5: it's hard is the just the
3: time traveling fine
5: 795 final Seven. answer
4: I think it's a good choice yeah you got wiggle room and you could like uh seven nine seven five with
3: that. <laughs> I mean, that I think because of my it, it, this is uh although I gave episode four and eight as well this uh just slightly edges out episode four is our favorite episode overall yeah system. it's a really
4: good one I, I I think that um I don't know it's very fun the way that we kind of deal with all of it there's good reveals it's really paced well too I think yeah
3: All right, well, that is us for this week. Uh, Until then, Rich, what do you got going on and where can people find you?
4: Oh, I'm at DM Philly and all the places uh, over at Twitch on YouTube. I'm talking about, uh, we're going to be wrapping up the Winter King coverage. The season one has uh, finished, but we're just getting started. President, I'll be talking about the finale of that. Beacon 23, new show coming up over on MGM Plus, starring Lena Headey. Cersei Lannister back on our TV. I'm going to be talking about that with Corey B. Melissa and I breaking down uh, Dimension 20 show, Burrows End. So I'm hanging out. I'm talking about stuff.
3: Uh, Ariel, what about you?
5: I am covering movies every week with you. Push recaps theater, covering the morning show, which is coming to an end this week. It's finale. finale, yeah. Uh, covering six feet under—that's something that is beginning this week. Me and uh, Doctor Amanda doing a season one rewatch. Well, Sorry.
3: weirdly, is about coming that to end. an end.
5: That, sure. right? <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the true end, yeah. Uh, and then also covering Grey's Anatomy with Chappelle got the doctor draft coming up in a couple of weeks so excited about that
3: fun i think you two i mostly am podcasting with you two. did you mention yellowstone rich i, don't know if I did
5: know. not
3: yeah yellowstone we're recapping yellowstone. it along with
4: <laughs> yellowstone <laughs> you, <Ariel>. yellowstone <laughs> with, uh- <laughs> yellowstone
3: Yellowstone with uh, as long as we're uh, following along as CBS releases the episodes on Sunday night. And then also full spoiler recaps. Both of you joined me to chat about all the light we cannot see, That's which right. uh, I will all the say. radio
5: stuff about in this, in this episode. I meant to True. mention that. <laughs> True.
3: Um, we did get a message. I uh, got a message early today as that episode uh, released saying, uh, I fully agreed with all three of your takes about that episode. So Wow, um, we're it, really smart. Yeah, we're really smart. Yeah. Check yeah. that out. Uh, full spoiler cast. We'll be talking about Upload, which is the Amazon Prime uh, comedy, uh, hopefully with Mike Pulliam. Next week is Jess Sterling. We'll be back. I'm on social media at High From Grace. We'll be back next week with the series finale of Tales from the Loop. Episode 8 Home. It's directed by Jody Foster. I am very excited for that. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see you next week. Until then, Ultimate Fist Bump.
5: Ultimate, ultimate Fist Bump.
2: 18 plus. 18 plus.